all of the different important topics that God really wants us to focus on just to grow closer to him that is what this podcast is all about so if you are new to my podcast welcome to Christian Girl in a Godless World and I'm so happy that you're here and I pray that you are encouraged to grow in your relationship with God um, just through listening to the different topics that I discuss Um, These are the things that God has put on my heart, and I really want to begin to just encourage people to grow more in their relationships with God. So I want to go ahead and um, just say that this topic today is a little doozy. Um, it's, It's a pretty tough topic to go through to talk about, but I think we are in this particular area, and it needs to be stated. You know, we need to talk about it. We need to bring it to the light. This is what this podcast is, is to bring issues um, of Christianity to the light so that we all can grow and be stronger Christians and be stronger disciples of Christ, because that's that's the most important thing. You know, if we're not being disciples of Christ, then, you know, what purpose do we serve? Right. So we want to make sure that we're doing um, things that give God glory at all times. So this topic for today is talking about the error of the passive Christian. And what I mean about the passive Christian is pretty much Christians who are very much silent about a lot of the things that are going on in the world that God does not approve of, that he says in his word that he is not happy with and there are a lot of Christians who see things happening and they know what God expects but they believe that oh it's not my place I don't need to say anything or even they may not even take the proper stance where you know just to avoid persecution to avoid people coming against them in a negative way they will take the side of the world or take the side that opposes God. Okay. So those are some ways that Christians can be passive. And I want to talk a little bit about this because this is an issue today. And, you know, what we're seeing in the world is constantly so many agendas coming up, so many 
just demonic agendas, demonic plans that Satan has implemented in this world that keep coming to the forefront. And there are so many Christians that aren't saying anything. They they aren't doing anything. They believe that, you know, it's not their place, that they are just going to be quiet. They're not going to speak up about anything. They're not going to do anything because they're, they're just like, you know what? I'm just going to stay at home. I'm just going to pray about it. It'll be okay. You know, I'm, I'm not going to go out and say anything or I'm not going to use my platform to, to really preach the true gospel of Jesus. I'm just going to, you know, stay back in the cut. I'm not going to say anything because it's not my place. I don't want to judge anybody, right? I don't want to judge. I don't want to judge. You know, they, you'll hear them say that all the time. It's not my place to judge. It's not my place to tell people what to do with their life. You know, you'll hear this all the time. And I want to begin to debunk some of these things because it's, it's not of God. And one of the things that we have to understand as Christians, we are called to speak out against the evil that is going on in the world. God has given us authority. He has given us so much authority to speak up against wicked principalities that are going on in this world. He gives us that authority. So it's important that we know that we have the power to use this authority, right? So I want to go more into debunking this and and more into just providing encouragement to those um, Christians who have been passive. Maybe you have been passive and you did not know because maybe you had good intentions or you really just don't want to hurt people. But by not speaking the truth, you are hurting people. You know, essentially you are hurting people because you're not telling them the truth. You're not being honest about what the consequences are of certain behaviors and things that we do that does not really um, glorify God, you know? So we have to be able to speak up even if we get persecuted, even if people come against us, even if our family comes against us and people that are closer to us, you know, that's going to happen. That comes with the territory of following Christ. You know, the Lord in his word, he always says that, you know, the world will hate you because it hated me first. When Jesus was here, he faced a lot of persecution. So we have to know that as Christians, as followers of Christ, we're going to receive that same persecution. And by trying to avoid the persecution, we are not becoming like Christ. We're not suffering as Christ did. Because you can't be like Christ if you don't suffer with him, right? You can't just, you get all of the good parts of Christ, you know? You can't just try to avoid things and say, oh, I'm, I'm like Christ. No, you're not. Cause if you're not, if you haven't suffered with Christ, if you haven't given up life as you know it, if you have been so comfortable in your life and in your lifestyle that you don't want to maneuver, you don't want to surrender everything to God and know that he will provide for you according to his will, then you're not becoming like Christ. You're becoming more like the world because the world holds on to things. The world holds on to worldly possessions and money and and everything else that just does not matter. The world does that. But us as Christians, we are called to be the standard. We are called to be different, right? So I really want to go into just talking about this, this new era that's coming up and how to avoid becoming a passive Christian because it's, it's easy to fall into it. And I even want to provide some education about um, just something that the Lord just recently revealed to, to both myself and my husband 
about um, just the agenda of the enemy and how he is trying to breed this new type of Christianity that does not focus on the word of God being the infallible word of God, being the true word, right? It's, it's trying to make Christianity and trying to make the Bible up to interpretation and taking away the the Holy Spirit and taking away seeking the Holy Spirit for guidance and for understanding regarding his word and how to follow his word, how to apply it to your life. Okay. So, you know, as I always do, I want to go into some scriptures because I, so you all don't know that I'm, you know, making this up. This is all coming from the word of God. So I want to start off with Colossians 2, 8 through 9, which says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So what is this scripture saying? So this scripture is really talking more so about all of the demonic and the false doctrines that are being spoken out, that are being pushed in the earth right now. There are so many different types of doctrines. If you just go on the internet and you search all different types of of doctrines or different types of forms of Christianity, you are going to find a whole bunch of them, right? But through discernment and through seeking the Holy Spirit, you'll learn what's true and what's false. And, And there's a lot of different doctrines out here that do not and are not true. You know, they, they do not push people towards Jesus, but they push people more towards themselves and fulfilling their flesh. And we know that that goes completely against God because God and his word always tells us that those who hold on to their life will lose it. Okay. But if you let go of your life for my sake, you will find it. That's in the word of God. So God is saying we have to be willing to give up our life, give up our comfort, abandon our selfish desires, abandon our worldly desires to be able to get more of God. So if we're not willing to do that, then we will lose ourselves. We will lose the life that he has called us to have. Okay. So in this particular scripture, you know, Colossians 2, 8 through 9, is telling us, you know, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophy. So there's a lot of pastors, a lot of ministers out here that are just speaking really, you know, charismatic and and clever and just perfect sounding sermons and words that capture the audience, right? And it sounds good. It sounds like it could be true, right? But it's really not. It is totally false. It totally goes against the word of God. One of these doctrines that are highly popular, especially in America, because I'm in America. So one of the highly popular doctrines that are going around is the prosperity gospel. And I've talked, I've I've talked a little bit about the prosperity uh, gospel in um, a few episodes back. So if you go back through my episodes, um, you should be able to find that episode where I talk about the prosperity gospel. So definitely make sure you go and listen to that if you haven't heard it. Um, I go into some more detail and about what God feels about that. Okay. But that is the, one of the most popular false doctrines that are being spread, especially in the United States is the prosperity gospel. And what is that? 
The prosperity gospel is solely about telling people, you know, God is going to bless you and, you know, God is going to give you this. It's all about God being the one to provide people with their selfish desires and no one pretty much abandoning themselves for Jesus. No one giving up their life. No one, you know, pretty much giving up their comforts and the things that they really want. It's all, it's all about self-gratification. It's, it's pleasing the flesh, pleasing yourself or saying that you can manifest what you want. You know, you may hear, you know, in a, in a church where a pastor is preaching a prosperity gospel, you may hear the pastor say something like, you know, you can manifest what you want. Just manifest it and it will come to you. Or you may hear something along the lines of, of self-empowerment that you can build yourself up. You just have to believe in yourself and you, you know, you may hear things of that nature. So this is what this scripture is talking about. And, and, um, it's saying that, you know, this is high sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world. So God is saying that these particular doctrines and philosophies and sermons and messages totally are from the world. It's not from God. It's completely demonic, right? So Christ is telling us to pull away from that. He doesn't want us to be captured by those nice sounding words and the words that just make it sound so good that it's, it's, it's like, it gotta be true, right? It sounds so good. So it must be true, but that is a lie from the pit of hell. And we know that Satan, one of his main attributes is deception. He is a great deceiver. And that's what he lives to do. He lives to deceive us so that we get pulled away from God. But once we are close to God and we open up our hearts to him, we will be able to know what the truth is from a lie. Okay. So the next scripture, which is a pretty popular one, but it's always a perfect go-to and a reminder. First John 2, 15 through 17. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. I know that was a mouthful, right? So pretty much just to break this scripture down, because I love when I read the word of God, I really love to try to break it down just by verse by verse or a couple verses at a time just to break down what it's saying. Okay, so just going through the first two verses, do not love this world, nor the thing it things it offers you for when you love the world, you do not have the love of the father in you for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure. A craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. Okay, so these first couple of verses are pretty much God is warning us. He's telling us that we should not be so just entrapped by the world and worldly things because we can get we can get pulled in and we and the more that we get pulled into into the world and the things of the world the further we stray away from God, okay? And so the problem with Christians who are becoming passive, they're becoming passive because they are worldly. 
they are having more of attachments to the world and they're further detaching themselves from God. So that's why they're not speaking up about different issues that are going on that are being pushed, such as abortion or LGBT agenda being pushed and forced upon Christians and, and other, other places, right? They're not speaking up about these different agendas that are being pushed that totally go against God because they are still worldly. They still have ties to the world. They're, they still have so many attachments to worldly things. So because they can't let go of those attachments, they become mute when it comes to the true gospel of Jesus and preaching the true gospel to bring men closer to God. You know, they feel like it's better to just be quiet, you know, because they don't want to step on toes. They don't want to lose friends and family that may represent people in these different populations. They don't want to be made a fool of. They don't want to look like a fool. They don't want to be persecuted. They don't want to be humiliated. So they try to avoid all of these things. They want to be well-liked. They still care about other people's opinions more than they do about God's opinions of them, right? So because of this, they do not speak up. They don't preach the true word of God. They aren't being true disciples of Christ. They're just being Christians that really don't do anything. They, they say they believe in God. They probably go to church. They might be a part of some ministries and, and do little things here and there. But when it comes to the true heart and where their heart is, their heart is not for God. Because when the going gets tough, they run or they don't speak. They're silent, right? So these are the passive Christians, okay? And that's why God is telling us to come out of the world, to not get attached to the world. Because when we do that, we don't have the love of God in us. So if you are worldly, if you have ties to anything in the world, you don't have the love of the father in you. Okay. And it's saying the next verse for the world only offers a craving for physical pleasure. So the world appeals to our flesh. Everything that's, that's composed in this world, every worldly possession, the house, the car, the money, all of that appeals to our flesh, to our body, right? And it's a craving for everything we see, a pride in our achievements. So if you're do, if you have like a successful business or you're doing this or you're doing that, you have all of these degrees and, you know, you didn't went to school and you got all of these different possessions, you know, when you're attached to the world, all of those things become a part of you and you become more and more detached from God. So that's why he's saying, if you love the things of this world more than you love him, you don't have the love of him in you. You have the love of the world. The world is your first love. The world is your true love, right? So this is pretty, pretty deep. And then the next um, couple of verses. So these are not from the father, but they are from the world. So he's saying all of these achievements, all of these possessions, these worldly possessions are not from him, but they are from this world. Now, I'm not saying that God won't bless you with certain things, but even when God blesses us with things, he does so, so that we can bless others. Nothing that God gives us is for us. And that's what we have to understand. But a lot of what the the false churches and the false doctrines will tell you is that all of all of the possessions and the things that you get, oh, it's for you. God wants to bless you. God wants to give you this because you deserve it because you do this and you do that. But that's not true. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And I'm saying all of this because God really wants to stress that if he blesses you with something, even if he blesses you with wealth, the wealth is not for you. 
If God blesses you with anything, it is for you to bless other people. It's not for you. Because nothing that we do in this world, our lives are not even our own, you all. It's not, our lives aren't our own. God put us on this earth to do his will, to give him glory, not ourselves. So when we give into the world, we are glorifying, we are worshiping ourselves. So if you have wealth, I'm here to tell you, your wealth should not be spent on you. Your wealth should be spent to help others in need. There are people in the world who are starving. There are people in the world who are dying, who are homeless, who don't have anywhere to live. And God has blessed you to be able to bless somebody else. And he will lead you on where to go, where your money should be going. God will lead you. He'll direct you. But that's why God has blessed so many people with wealth. But the problem is so many people in the world use their wealth for their own selfish ambitions and totally disregard the true use and the true reason that God has given them that wealth. Okay. But like I said, the false doctrines in the church, the false churches will teach that, you know, God wants to bless you for you. So you can go and do that and you can do this. You can do that. No, God blesses you to bless other people. So I really want you to understand that. Okay. And just the ending to this verse and this world is fading away along with everything that people crave, but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So when, when God says we will live forever, he means that we will have eternal life. So we are spiritual beings. So that means when our physical body dies and, um, our physical body dies, we go, our spirit still lives on. So either our spirit is going to go to be, go to be with Jesus for, for eternity, or it's going to go to hell. Your, your spirit is going to go to hell. So it's either one, one place that you're going to go to. So the way you live your life determines where you go. So that's why God is saying, if we do what pleases him, we will live forever with him. We will live with him for eternity. We will have eternal life. Okay. The next scripture, Matthew 10, 22, and all nations will hate you because you are my followers, but everyone who endures to the end will be saved. So this is just to stress what I was saying earlier, even more. Jesus is telling us people are going to hate us. So people, you know, come against Christians all the time. But why do you think that is? Why do you think Christians get more persecution than any other religion? any other religion. Christians are the number one persecuted religious group in the world. We're the number one persecuted group, even above Muslim and, and Hindus and things of that nature. We are the most persecuted. And that's because people hated Jesus. People hated him when he walked the earth. So we have to know that because Jesus was persecuted, we are going to receive that same persecution, if not worse, because times are much worse now than what they were back in biblical days when Jesus was here. So we have to know that the persecution is going to be 10 times worse, but we are supposed to endure and we don't do it out for any type of reward. We do it because we love God. And when you love someone, you, you will want to suffer with them. You want to endure whatever you have to endure to display your love for them. And that is what God wants to build in us. He wants us to have long suffering. He wants us to suffer with him, suffer with him, the burdens of the world to bring more souls to him. This is what he wants. Okay. 
and he's telling us, yes, it's going to be hard. It was hard for Jesus. When he was here, he was fully God and fully man. And he dealt with all of the things that we deal with as Christians. He dealt with all of the persecution. He dealt with all of the temptations that we deal with on a daily basis. But he tells us if we endure, if we endure the persecution, if we stand up for him, and say whatever to whoever has something negative to say about us, whoever wants to persecute us, I'm going to speak up. I'm going to speak the truth for God, no matter what happens. If we do this, we will be saved. He's going to save us. He's already saved us. He's already paid the ransom for us, for all of our sins that we committed and sins that we haven't even committed yet, but we will commit. He died for all of those things. So we have to understand that persecution is going to come with the territory of being a Christian. And if you are a Christian and you're trying to avoid persecution, I'm here to tell you, it's just not going to work out for you. It's just not, I'm going to be real. It's not going to work out for you. And you're not going to truly become the, the woman or the man that God has called you to be. If you're trying to avoid persecution, if you're trying to avoid people coming against you, you're not truly being a Christian. You're not truly suffering with Christ. You're not really becoming like him because you're trying to avoid the pain. You're trying to avoid all of the the hardship that comes with Christianity, that, that comes with giving your life to Christ. There is hardship that comes with it, but there's also new life and, and beautiful and wonderful promises that come with giving your life to Jesus. But there is also a burden, a heavy burden that you must carry. And if you try to avoid that, then you're avoiding and you're, and you're essentially cutting yourself off from the process of truly becoming like Christ. Because a part of that process to truly become like Christ, to achieve perfect holiness, which none of us may ever achieve, but we strive for that. We strive to be holy as God is holy. Because in his word, he says, be holy as I am holy. So that's our goal. So a part of becoming holy is being able to endure the persecution and to do it cheerfully, to do it with joy in your heart because you're doing this for someone that you love and you want to be more like him. Okay. And the last scripture, and then I'll end after this. First Corinthians three and 19 for the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scriptures say, he traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. So what is God saying? A lot of people say, you know, we have to follow the laws of the land. We have to do, you know, what people are telling us to do. You know, if the government tell us to do this, we have to do that. You know, if our pastor tell us to do this, we have to do that. Okay. But you also have to use discernment. You have to know what wisdom that you're giving is the wisdom that you're getting from the world or is it godly wisdom? You have to be able to discern because God is saying here, the wisdom of the world is foolishness to God. It's foolishness because it's not, it doesn't come from him. This is a demonic wisdom. There is a such thing as demonic wisdom, right? Wisdom that comes from the pit of hell. And if we're not close to God, we will get pulled into it. And the reason why it's so easy for a lot of us Christians to get pulled into demonic and worldly wisdom is because we won't let go of our selfish desires. We won't let go of our comforts. We won't let go of the things that we value more than we do God. So because we won't let these things go, we fall into the, this worldly type of wisdom. We have to let it go. We have to release all of the the worldly things that we're holding on to because they don't matter. At the end of the day, it does not matter. 
if you don't have Jesus, if Jesus is not your number one, if he's not your everything, everything else around you is foolishness. Everything else around you does not matter. If God is not your number one, if anything else is in that number one spot, but God, and you say you're a Christian, you really have to go back. You have to repent. First of all, you got to repent and you have to ask God for forgiveness really drop to your knees and and surrender and say, Lord, I'm sorry that I put all of this stuff before you. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Lord. Please forgive me. Please cleanse me. Please wash me. Please make me white as snow. Please make me new. God, have mercy on me. Lead and guide me, God, so I don't fall back into the snares of the enemy. Because the moment you take your eyes off of Jesus, the devil will trap you. He will deceive you. So you have to be focused on God every single day. And guess what? The the closer you get to God, you may lose a lot of people in your life. A lot of people will run away because they're like, "Uh uh-uh, you know, they, they too deep. They too into that God stuff. I've lost people because God transformed me, especially over this last year. He truly transformed my heart. And I began to speak out more boldly about different things. And people didn't like it. So the closer you get to God and the more you detach yourself from the world and the more you detach yourself from the opinions of others, you are going to lose a lot of people. I'm telling you that now. So if you're trying to avoid losing people and you want to keep all of your 20 plus friends, I'm here to tell you that 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 number or that circle of friends that you have, the closer you get to God, you're going to see that circle just just fizzle out and it's gonna slowly slowly decrease the closer you get to Jesus the more you detach yourself from the world you are going to begin to see the true colors of people around you you're going to be able to see who's really for you because I can guarantee you not everybody that you may have in your life is may nine times out of ten they're probably not really for you but the only way that you learn that is by getting closer to God and he gives you discernment And the closer you get to him, you are going to see different people around you shift. You're going to see the changes happening around you. You're going to begin to notice things that you never noticed before because God is opening up your spiritual eyes. So you're no longer just seeing things in the natural, but you're seeing things in the spiritual. So this is the way to not become passive Christian. Continue to draw closer to Jesus. Do not take your eyes off of him. For one second, because the moment that you do that, you are going to fall into the traps of the world and to let go of your, your, all your selfish ambitions, let them go and say, Lord, your will be done. I, I am here to live my life according to the way you want me to live it. What do you want me to do with my life? God, it's not about what I want. It's about what you want. So the moment that you let go of what you want for your life, that is the moment that you are going to truly come into true and deep relationship with Jesus. If you don't let go of your wants, of your desires, and adopt the desires and the wants and the needs of God, you are going to miss out on your growth. You are going to miss out on where God wants you to be. You're not going to progress the way you should be progressing because you won't let go and you won't let go of your selfish desires. Let go of those desires. Let them go and let God fill you with his desires for your life. Because he has a plan for your life. You just got to get on board. You got to get on target with it. And you got to be willing to let go of every other thing around you that does not fit in that space. Because everything is everything that you've adopted into your life 
nine times out of ten it's it's probably not supposed to be there I'm just going to be real with you. If you are one of those Christians where you can literally look at your life right now and say, I, I don't really know what I'm doing. And I, I don't, I didn't even notice that I'm not doing anything right. You have to do an evaluation of your life. And what, what have you put as number one? Like if you really just take a moment and I want you to really use this time, really hear me, take a moment to evaluate. What have you been putting as number one in your life? Have you been putting God as your number one? Because if you haven't, if you have not been putting God as your number one, you may be a passive Christian. You may be. And I know this because I was a passive Christian. God was not always my number one. But I made a vow that I would put God first above everything and everybody. And I vowed to never be passive again, to never be lukewarm again. You have to make that vow to say, I'm going to let go of everything around me that is not giving God glory. Everything. If you don't give God glory, you got to go. And that's the resolve that you have to have. So I want, I want you to really evaluate. Is God your number one? And if he's not, make him your number one. Today is the day. Don't feel down about yourself. Don't go into condemnation because that's not of God. God does not condemn us. He convicts us lovingly to change and to come to him. So this is the opportunity. If you've been looking for a moment, this is the moment right now. Surrender to God. Lord, please forgive me for not putting you number one and for becoming passive, for being silent about things that I know I shouldn't be silent about. For turning a blind eye to things that I should not have been turning a blind eye to. Let this be your prayer. And make a vow to put him as number one. And the moment that you do that, he will open your eyes. And you will be shocked at what you see. So thank you all. I'm going to say a quick prayer and I will let you go. Father God, thank you Jesus for this word. For this word, Father God, I pray that every Christian that has been passive in any area of their life, Lord, I pray that you would just forgive them, Lord. I pray you will have mercy on them. I pray that they will come into true and deep relationship with you, God. I pray that you will open up their eyes to the truth of what they have been believing in, God, of what they have been holding on to that is not of you. And I pray you take it away, God. I pray that you will take the taste out of their mouth for the world. Take the taste out of their mouth for the world, Father God, and give them a new taste. Give them new senses to desire you, to eat, breathe, and sleep you, Father God, every every single day of their life, Lord. I pray that they will put you as their number one if they have not been putting you as their number one, Father God. And I pray that you will just lead and direct them. I pray that you will bring people around them, Lord, that will help them to be able to walk according to the way you want them to walk. I pray that you will give them boldness, Father. I speak boldness over them, Jesus. I speak that they will have holy boldness in you and speak up about your gospel, God, that they will lead people to you, Lord, that they will speak and preach boldly your word and declare your word in this earth. Declare that you are Lord over their lives. 
and to set an example for others to bring them closer to you God and we come against the enemy and his attacks we come against his lying self we come against his deceiving self and we cast him down we rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus he has no dominion over our hearts and our minds so Lord we say restore restore what has been taken from us restore everything every area in our minds and our hearts that has been plagued and filled with lies from Satan we say remove it father God remove the scales from our eyes just like you did uh, for Paul father God do it for us Jesus and we love you we praise you we give you glory and honor and it's in Jesus name that I do pray amen 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 thank you guys so much I pray that this really encouraged you I know it was probably a heavy topic but I pray that this encourages you. I pray that you would begin to just see God even more and that he speaks to you because he wants to speak to you. He loves you so much. He wants to speak to you, y'all. He is not a God that is so distant that doesn't want to talk to us. He wants to talk to us. So I pray that you would just have some quiet time with him and hear what he has to say. And I love you guys. And I will talk to you next time. Bye.